be seated. Again, welcome out, welcome those that are here, welcome those that are in video, TV, land, uh, to, as Mieja said, to our midweek service. And actually, we're going to open up with a, a new teaching on um, kingdom priorities. And as we talked about on Sunday, we're, you know, our vision for this year is, is uh, supernatural restoration. And a part of that vision is God affording us a true start. And so what the Lord, the Lord was uh, showing me that um, it's kind of hard to have a true start if we don't prioritize things. If we, and especially if we don't prioritize our things with the kingdom, since God is the one that's trying to uh, assist us in this new start. And, you know, and as I was sharing uh, the other week about what God said on 4-15-22, but actually October 11th, 22, is when he said, hey, this year I'm going to give everybody a true start. You know, a lot of us haven't really been afforded a true start. And uh, we were... Uh, you know, uh, you know, you know, Pastor Mel's birthday. Uh, well, I was gonna say it, the date was yesterday, but we've been, you know, making <laughs> making sure we keep her um, uh, appreciated and celebrated. So, you know, so we had some time this afternoon just to go out and reflect, and we were talking, and just talking about talking about us. Uh, just talking about our start, talking about the reality of our lives, um, and then some different choices. And she was asking questions like, you know, if you, um, you know, the young you back in the day, you had a choice between basketball, uh, you know, uh, ministry, your wife, child, stuff like that. So you said, the young kid, I chose basketball because I was immature and stupid, right? I said, the mature person, meaning in Christ, we're talking about maturity in Christ, uh, I probably would have done both, you know. I mean, me pursuing basketball when I was younger and living for the Lord, I probably would have done it. I mean, it's something I like to do at the time, but I would have, uh, everything would have been about a platform for Christ, not uh, a reputation for me, you know what I mean? Um, and then even when I, when I gave my life as a Christian, I never really wanted to play for a long time. I always said, now, this is because like some of us that don't take the full responsibility of, of what we're calling purpose to do because we think, you know, am I going to blow it? Am I going to mess up? Can I handle this? You know, am I perfect enough? Well, when I first came to the kingdom, I recognized there was something different about the word and my life. So I really started studying. So I said, you know what? I just want to play because now I'm caught. Uh, purpose is calling. We're going to talk about purpose on Sunday, right? Where purpose is calling, right? But I'm, I can't pick up that signal. I can't properly discern the Lord's voice. Um, so, but I knew something in me was, was pulling some difference. So I said, well, you know what? I mean, it's cool. I mean, I've, 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 I set my goal to do something. I like to finish what I do. If I play for a couple of years, that's fine. I don't really need to play forever. And then I think I'm going to go to seminary or something just to find out more about the Bible. That's what I said. I'm going to seminary to find out more about the Bible. Really, Keith, you just don't want to embrace you have a call in your life, right? This, this is ages ago. I, I mean, I'm talking, you know, I, 
I'm probably in my late 20s. This is before God told me I was called to be a pastor in 1994, right? And lo and behold, this is what we're doing. So we were talking about that. Then I was telling her this. Um, as I, uh, I told her, I said, I've just been seeing things. You know, I've just been watching and looking at lives. So, you know, she was, uh, uh, she was relaxing yesterday, you know. So I was watching her. Uh, she was watching something, and I saw the screen, and it was this uh, bathroom. Uh, on, on what she was watching, and the bathroom was filthy, right? And I said, man, I said, what's that? So I thought it was one of those hoarding shows, you know, because, you know, sometimes you'll watch some of those shows. And, uh, but it wasn't. It was the documentary on Whitney Houston. And so the interesting thing is it was Whitney's bathroom. And it was, when I'm talking about trash, you know how, uh, I don't know if you've ever, well, I was a housing inspector. So sometimes you would have to inspect houses before they would take over the building. And so you go in, you know, and you inspect it. They send people in to clean the place up before the new people are coming in. It looked like something like that, like somebody had abandoned this house. And, you know, it had cracked pipes and all types of stuff. Now, this, I'm not dogging around. It's on the documentary. It's public knowledge. You know, this is what I saw. And so I said to myself, look at that. You know, millions of dollars, right? Multi-millions, you know. And there was nothing there to fulfill her. So, again, we talked about being hungry and thirsty. And, and I'll say this because sometimes we're not playing off of the kingdom. Okay. When we're in those situations, we're not playing off of the kingdom. See, some of us that are on the climb... Once I get this and once I get that, everything will be great. Really? I have a tremendous amount of people that I've been afforded to talk to, to counsel, and they'll tell you they beg to differ. Because they have some of the things that we think are going to fulfill us. And what's, what's been shaping their lives is when they shifted to the kingdom. And so, so what I was telling, what, what, what I've been reflecting on lately is, we're, we haven't been playing off of the kingdom, you know, uh, so that's why we're going to be talking about kingdom priorities, right? And kingdom priorities starts with an understanding of the kingdom. Kingdom priorities starts with an understanding of the kingdom. We had a good conversation in Bible study fellowship this morning, talking about life and death and different things like that. And, and just talking about the reality of how the kingdom works versus how we process things. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, you know, we process things a certain way. I know somebody I'm close to and somebody that we were very close to, um, you know, went through some stuff. And then there was, there was a person that, that kind of called out the choices and decisions they was making in their life. So the person that I was close to snapped well, you don't know, the person did this, that, and the other. But, but what it was is they didn't want to embrace the reality that that person that they cared about had choices and made their own choices, right? So we all have the choice to play off the kingdom or not. So what we talked about this morning is instead of us being so caught up and wondering where this person's going to be and what this person's going to do, how about if we don't know, use that fuel to make sure we know about the people that's in front of us. I noticed something with Jesus when he heard about John. 
he went out ministering to people. Go, we study it out. He went out saving and changing lives. That's the best uh, legacy or celebration or appreciation you could have from somebody. All right? And so, in thinking about this, uh, there's a song, and, and we'll see if we can uh, produce it live eventually, but uh, it's one of my favorite songs. It's called The Song of Consecration. It's a... Uh, it's, uh, think, I know the Winans is singing it, but I think Ron Winans might be the guy that died. Because there were some twins. It's Ron. And, um, and he's singing it. Uh, it's, I, I, I don't know. They might have they put that song out in the 70s, 80s. I'm not sure. But I still got it on my playlist. But there's a lyric in there that says, um, uh, now, you, you, you know, you call me to live in a new and living, excuse me, a new and living way, right? A new and living way. Um, and he says, you know, now I see it's you and me. And with your help, I'll deny myself and put my hands in yours, right? Uh, but it's, it's, it's a powerful song, but every time I hear a new and living way, I think about when we come to the kingdom, we're consecrating ourselves to, to live the kingdom way now. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes we say we confess God, but we still try to bring in the old life into a new world. One of the things we teach the couples in, in premarital um, uh, and question premarital is you can't bring a a single life into a covenant world. You know, so a lot of times people are, are, are battling in marriage because the person's trying to bring in what? You know, the fellas, you know, the things we used to do, the things, no, you were single. You, you're in the covenant now. You know, so you, there's rules for a covenant, right? And same thing when you, you're, you're, you're not single. You're married to, to Christ now. You know, and there's rules for that. There's, there's, there's a covenant life. So we consecrate ourselves. To, when you hear the word consecration, it's talking about you're being perfected or matured or completed, right? Um, uh, it's to declare sacred. I'm, I'm a sacred vessel now, so I can't do some of the things that may be fun and cool to other people, but I can't do those things, right? It's devoted for a divine purpose. Now, devoted, I'm devoted I have a, I'm devotion, you know, I have my daily devotion. Daily devotion is not just something I'm reading today. I'm training myself to be devoted to God, right? Right, so, but I'm devoted for a divine purpose. That means I'm preparing myself for things that are outside of the norm. You know, I was challenging uh, the wonderful couple that we have an opportunity to serve for premarital courtship in another state. And, you know, they've, they've re-aligned re their life to make sure they're, they're, they're thirsting for the things of God. And I said, okay, but just remember, it's not just that you realize you need to do it. Now you're going to have to do it when vacation comes up, when the holidays come up, when these little different things, the family get-togethers come up. You got to, don't let it, uh, hey, the fellas want to go and... Uh, we we get in our annual get together, you know, 
you got to be able to do maintain your walk with God. You, how are you going to visit family and you're not going to get up and pray in the morning? You need all the prayer you, you can get if you're around family just to give them what they need. That ain't the time to be relaxing. You know, how are you going to go on vacation and not get up and pray? Like, like you don't know who you're going to run across. Does that make sense? Right? You understand that just a little bit? Right, so, so consecration. Now, consecration is a kingdom principle. It's probably not something naturally people are thinking about doing. It's a kingdom principle. Just like compliance and compromise are worldly principles. Consecration is a kingdom principle. So, so when, I, when I'm signing on to the kingdom, I'm going to consecrate myself, right? If I'm signing on to the world, then it's all about compliance, keeping up, making sure I get approved by all these people and compromise. You know, okay, yeah, I know this is the way I should do it, but what's going to please you? Right? It's all about compromise, right? When I'm playing off of the world. And so when I think about, when we talk about kingdom, think about rule. Think about a, a place that, that's where you rule. Think about dominion, right? You know, the Bible tells us to have dominion, be fruitful, multiply, right? Replenish, dominion. Think about territory of rulership when you start to think about kingdom. This is going to be key. Think about a system of operation. I know I'm kind of going fast. You know, how you do it is take some notes that you can get down. Don't get overwhelmed as the one that you don't because you can always go back and watch the video, okay? But a system of operation. Right? God's way of doing things. Now, now I told you that little tidbit of taking notes because some of the things that you catch that you write down, God wants to make sure he embeds in your heart now. Some of the things that you pick up when you look at the video later, later, he wants to embed in your heart later. So don't overwhelm yourself. Like, you know, I'll be writing down notes, catch what I can, and then I'll keep on. I'll stay with the flow. I got something. See, you got something for a reason. So, so, so that's just a little assist on um, just taking notes. So, so, so the operating in the kingdom is God's way of doing things, right? God's way of doing things. God's way of doing things. So, so as we start talking about kingdom priorities, you know, again, we got to discuss the kingdom, but kingdom priorities is all about what are we playing off of, right? What are we playing off of? You know, Gerard, as we've grown up, right? You, you, you ever, you know, we grow up, be like, well, they doing it. You know, you tell your mom, well, you know, well, I don't understand. Everybody got uh, the, the, the new Jordans, right? Well, they got them. So you mad at your mama because of what everybody else got at school, right? Right? So you're playing off of what? What they got, not your mom and dad's bank account, right? You might want to inquire, inquire the account, like, but you don't care what they got. You want to pressure them to give you what you want, right? Same thing in the kingdom. You play off of, sometimes we play off, off of loneliness, not if we're prepared for a relationship. You see what I'm saying? We just, we go, surely I should get this because I'm lonely. And then sometimes, you know, if, if, if you're in a single situation, you play off the pressure of the kids, not if I'm prepared for a relationship. So you'll force yourself into situations that you're not ready for because you're not playing off of kingdom priorities, right? Does that make sense? 
Right? So, so again, what, what do we plan off of? What is our standard or measures of living? What is our measures of living? Right? This is kingdom priorities. All right, so this is good. What is our measures of living? What is our approval method for our choices? What is our approval method? Now, sometimes our approval method, method is, is I don't want to look bad. Right? Sometimes our approval method is, well, mommy and daddy always said I wasn't going to be nothing. I'm going to show them. Well, I'm trying to prove myself to them, not trying to be obedient to God. And then them saying you can't do what they think you should do, maybe God didn't design you to do it. You, you understand what I'm saying? Like, like, and then... Uh, I'm saying this respectfully. Don't, don't dog out parents, friends, or anybody. But I'll say this. I had to learn this. Consider the source. Like, like who's the one that's assessing what I'm doing? Is it God? Is the person living for God? So why am I so flustered with their assessment? Right? So, so they're my approval message for my choices or is God? Right? So, so now, these kingdom priorities is what authorizes, right? What authorizes our choices and decisions? What really truly authorizes our choices and decisions? Right? Is it intellect? Is it our intellect? Is it experiences? This ain't going to happen to me no more. Is it experiences? Is it tradition? The family's always done this this way. This is how we've always done it. We've always gone to this church and done things this way. Who are you to question what we've been doing the whole time? Like in the book, uh, uh, what's the book, babe? Uh, the Dream Giver. When Ordinary was trying to leave the town of familiar, Right? And, and, and this uncle was like, what, who do you think you are? Because they called everybody in the town nobodies. Who do you think you are? Nobody trying to leave town to be a somebody. You need to go back because the, t- the town was called familiar. You need to go back to familiar and do what you've always done. Right? That's, that, that's what he was t- telling them in the book. Like, who do you think you are? Right? Tradition. What he was saying is our tradition in the town of familiar is to be nobodies and to do what we've always done. Don't we? We don't go outside of that. And, and if you start going outside of that, you're not going to be approved because you're not flowing with us. All of us that are in normal and familiar. Right? And so, so is it tradition? Is that what's our... Uh, what authorizes our choices and decisions? We know that's survival, kid. I just gave you, you know, right? The four sources of authority, intellect, uh, 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 tradition, and, and experience versus what? The true source of authority is what? The word of God, right? The word of God. It should have been easy, all right? I'm not talking to everybody. I'm talking to the person that blurted out something that, was, that wasn't exactly uh, what it says. I ain't saying no names, but y'all probably figured who it was, right? All right, so what's our dominant worldview? What's our dominant worldview? Because that, that's what's going to authorize our choices. That's what we're going to play off, our dominant worldview. 
Now, a worldview is repetitious information. What am I listening to or hearing over and over and over? Authoritative voices, who did I give authority? Now, now some, obviously, we grew up in households, parents are authoritative voices, but sometimes is, you know, we grew up uh, uh, coming through either uh, school or stuff like that. There was always a dominant voice in class, right? Right? There's always somebody that got the attention, but somebody that can influence your decisions. Uh, so I remember one time I was in the gym, and uh, <laughs> so, so I'm walking in the gym, and the guy said, man, you ain't got no calves. You know, I've told this story before. And after that point, I'm not thinking about my calves. Like, I'm like, and I looked down, I was like, you know, I, <laughs> there actually isn't anything there. I was a little skinny kid, you know what I'm saying, especially in high school. And I was like, God, no calf. So from then on in, like, you know, I'm doing my calf raises, you know, calf raises, toes front, toes in, toes out, you know, one leg, you know, with one leg, you know. I could do that because I, I do it before I take showers now, right? So, but it started way back then. Somebody, you ain't got no cat. You know, you know, and we all got different designs. You got some people that their body design, just like you have different feet. We all got different, you know, we got different feet, right? But sometimes you can look at your feet compared to somebody else's feet like, they got pretty feet. I got big feet. <laughs> right? Yeah, but everybody got different design feet for a reason. Right? And do you know we got different calves? Some of us are sprinters. Right? Some of us are not sprinters. You know, some of us are, are supposed to carry different weight, different weight. But you can look at somebody else and keep sizing yourself up. We got different designs. Some of us are big bones. Some of us are not. So if somebody tells me, you, you little boned. Oh, my God. I got to get big bones. How am I going to do it? You understand what I'm saying? Like, we're, we're constantly playing off of, what's wrong with your hair? No, there's nothing wrong with my hair. It's just not like yours. It was customized for me. Amen. Do you understand what I'm saying? But since we, we so, oh, I want my hair like them. Like, you know, we look in the magazine, we try to get your hair, hair like that. So you kill your hair, feed yourself all types of toxins and stuff like that through lie and stuff like that. And saying, I'm almost going to look like them. I saw a picture well, I mean, yesterday or today. It was uh, Michael Jackson when he was young with the Jackson 5 and then Michael Jackson later. And the caption was, if Michael Jackson only knew how handsome he was. When you look at the picture, you'd be like, why'd you change it? Why'd you change it? Because now I'm trying to be like them. Right? So again, what, what, what's our dominant worldview? Is our dominant worldview the one statement that was made years ago, you'd never be nobody? Who made the statement? Was it God? Half of the people, you're not even around. Half of the people are, their life is shambles. They're not nobody. But you're playing off of those statements. What's the dominant voice? How come you move through life and you, you're rolling, you get around certain people, and all of a sudden you think less of yourself? Again, what's your dominant voice, right? What's, what's, what's the repetitions information? What's around you? All right, so now let's, let's process through this with the Bible. Romans 12, because again, we're talking about kingdom priorities. We're talking about shifting our mindset to plan off of God's word and the kingdom as our 
What influences our choices? How does this choice line up with the kingdom? How does this choice make sure I'm rolling and maximizing my benefits of the kingdom, my giftings, my power, right? My, my, uh, the eyes of my understanding being enlightened. You know, as we talked about, uh, uh, what do we call it? Uh, superpower, something about superpowers. How to access this thing. Thank you. See, I miss you, <laughs> right? So how to access your superpowers, right? Right, so, so but I got I to gotta operate in, in, in the kingdom principles to access these things, right? And so let's, it's Romans 12, verse 2. Romans 12, verse 2. And, uh, uh, man, God has been downloading so many things that we're going to hit uh, this upcoming year, like way ahead of time. Like it's, it's, it's like rapid fire. It's coming at me so fast. So we're actually going to bring back um, uh, some things. And sometimes we go back over things because everybody wasn't going to the church. And there's some people that was going to the church that wasn't going to the church. And some people that was going to the church that was going to the church that wasn't present while they was in the church. Right? You, I mean, that's not me putting nobody down. You know, you got a couple of amens because some people relate. You know, they'll hear a message like, I never heard that. You said we talked about that. Where was I at? You know, you know, might have been in a stupor, might have been in, in pain, might have been in fear, might have been smoked out, you know, the night before. And, you know, some of that stuff was still running through your mind, right? Y- y'all good? Y'all all right? Y'all okay out there? All right, put that down and pay attention. All right, so, so, so we're going to go back over renewing the mind. Listen, listen, listen. When the Lord showed me this, I was like, man, that's right, I said this will be good, you know, because sometimes we probably don't realize where we've been. And I have this one athlete, uh, I used to meet with him every week, I, you know, and so for a whole year, we, we went through renewing the mind. Like, every aspect of it, you know, and so we're going to get the benefits of that. Uh, so we're going to, that's going to return uh, something else. Oh, in the nick of time. Oh, boy. Like, Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm getting excited about what's going to happen. Let's just get back to what we're talking about. So Romans 12, uh, 2, familiar scripture. It says, and be not conformed to this world, right? It says what? It says, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable look, look, and perfect will of God. God's way of doing things, right? So, so, so now when I come into the kingdom, I, I've been born in sin, shaping iniquity, my mind is clouded. I, I, I'm looking through a glass darkly, but I need to see face to face. I see in part, but I, I need to be known even as I, I need to know even as I'm known by God. You know, 1 Corinthians 13, 12, right? And so, so now, so what I have to do is now I have to start renewing my mind because now I'm, I'm, I'm a child of the king. So now I have to renew my mind to kingdom principles. You know, you, you watch, uh, was it coming to America and, you know, uh, you, had, you had the son, uh, uh, he had things he was doing. You know, he's working on, you know, his, uh, I don't know, kung fu, whatever. You know, there was, there was training he was going through. You know what I'm saying? Like, like tutors and governors to the appointed time. You know, learning how to, when you take over the throne, you know what you was doing. Lion King. You know, uh, Mufasa taking Simba. Come on, man, I'm going to show you how to, you know, I'm, I'm going to impart into you how to be a king in this kingdom. Right? 
And then fear ran him out of the kingdom. He's, around, he's out playing around the jungle, going to clubs, hanging out, drinking, partying, right? When the whole time he was supposed to be the next king, right? Eating, a, a taking nourishment that was less than his design, bugs and things of that nature. Then when, the, when the Rafiki comes to him, he says, hey, you don't know who you are. You're more than you become. He shows him his face in a reflection, right? To see himself face to face, right? Because he's like, you're a king. You're, not, you're supposed to be operating in kingdom priorities. Do you think kingdom priorities is you running around here uh, uh, doing flips and stuff like that, uh, eating bugs? You're supposed to be ruling like, like, like everybody in the kingdom is groaning and travailing, waiting for you to get in your rightful place. All creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons and daughters of God to start to get in place. We're not going to get in place until we're playing off of the kingdom. Right? We got to start playing off of the kingdom. Now, this, this passage, when you have time, just read it through the message. The message says, don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without thinking. Conformity. Don't get so relaxed. Hey, this, is what, this is what people do. See, see, think about when you hear kingdom stuff, sometimes we react like, see, here we go. All spiritual, don't take all that. Well, no, and listen, nobody's perfect. Like we have these lines, but when you hear worldly stuff, you go, man, man, what? It's too much compromise, man. Man, ain't nobody trying to do all that compromise. See, 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 all, we, how come we don't flip that script? Because we're not playing off of kingdom priorities. We're playing off of the conformity of the world. So when kingdom comes up, we go, see, there we go. I, uh, well, okay, okay, now you're going to have to prove to me that I need to do that. No, 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 I, I hear what you're saying, but I still got some questions. And the questions are coming from, I don't know if I can or want to do this. Now, this is on the conformity side. Kingdom is coming to you. I'm on the kingdom side. Conformity is coming to you. Okay, you got to explain that to me. I, listen, I need some understanding because I got questions whether or not I want to do that. How come we ain't doing that? We're child, children of the king? We jump into compromise easy we question kingdom. See, our priorities are off. Well, I don't want to make sure I look cool. People don't think I look bad. The Lord's pulling on me to speak to this person, but they might think I'm too spiritual. They might reject what I have to say. Who cares? I'm playing off the kingdom. Because when I'm in, when I'm in conformity and I'm conforming and I come around kingdom, people are not worried about them uh, possibly rejecting me. I'm blasting kingdom. I don't care if I talk about uh, horoscopes. I don't care horror, 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 horoscopes. I'm going to say it loud so, you know. I don't care if I'm talking about horoscopes, if I'm talking about smoking, drinking, sex, whatever, whatever relationships, how I want to roll. I'm, I'm blasting it. I'm not worried about offending the kingdom. But when I'm in the kingdom, I'm worried about offending the, the, the world. Something's wrong with that. And you don't have to let, let me tell you something, you're going to hell. Hell, you ain't got to do all that. Because the people that are living in the world are not doing that. They just talk, it's just a matter of fact to them. I'm about to go out to the club, get something to drink. You don't drink? What's wrong with you? You don't Bible? What's wrong with you? 
Like, like, what's wrong with that? If somebody can come up to you and say, you don't drink? Man, a little drink ain't going to hurt nobody. You don't Bible? Man, a little Bible ain't going to hurt nobody. And, and nobody's saying it like, they're not going, you know, man, I got to talk to this Christian, man, get them in the compromise, man, I don't know. You know, could we pray, man? Because they may not really receive from me. I don't know if they're going to receive. And, you know, and, you know, we need to get them out of all that tightness. They tight, you know. Um, but I don't want them to just be, like, like attacking me, man. So can we just get together and intercede that this person will just, like, go out to the club with us? Nobody does that. Yeah, we're going to the club. You coming? Yeah, we're we going to church. You coming? If some, you ask somebody to go to the club and they don't go, too bad, so sad. I'm going. Ask somebody to go to church they don't go, too bad, so sad. I'm going. Well, what's wrong with asking? I don't want to offend them. Never did that in the world. But in the kingdom, it shows us what we're playing off of. All right, so Ephesians 4. Right? Does it make sense? Stretching a little bit, right? But it makes sense. I, I, when I used to teach youth, I used to tell them, I said, man, flip the script where you at school. They looking at you like, you don't do that? Be like, you don't read the Bible for real? No, seriously. You don't read the Bible at all. No, 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 for real. First of all, because nobody knows. They, they, this is good. They just growing up like you, right? They don't know. They, they're figuring it out. So if you come... Just as confident as the person smoking weed, you're just as confident as the person smoking the word, right? And you're like, no, for real, like, you don't read the Bible? No, 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 you playing, right? Seriously, man, you, you, how do you, how, how do you get through these things as a teenager? How do, you, how do you get through these things as a young adult? How do you get through these things as an adult? How do you get through life and you don't read the Bible? Like, like, I, wow. Like, hey, listen, you, 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 you're a much better person. I, I couldn't do it. I don't, I don't know how you do it. Look, that's not even what's wrong with you. You ain't reading the Bible. That ain't even that. Because the people coming at you is not saying, what's wrong with you? You don't smoke. They're just going, you don't smoke nothing. You, you ever been around people you don't drink? Like, you don't drink at all. Like, not a beer. New Year's. At the wedding. Come on, man. See, you know what? You front, man. I know you drink. I know you drink. Hey, you front, man. I know you read the word. I know you read the word, man. <laughs> Flip the script, man. Flip the script. Playing off of the kingdom. Ephesians 4.23. Look, look. So, so the first one says... Uh, uh, renew your mind. This one says, verse 23, it says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So, so the first one is talking about your conscience. That's your mental ascent. We'll get a, a lot of this when we talk about uh, renewing the mind later this year, but it's your mental ascent. So when you come to church and you hear something and it hits you because you're a child of the king and, and it hits your heart, you know, like, you know when it hits you? Like, you know when it hits you, hits you, right? Like, when it hits you, hits you, hits you. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then, you know, like, you know how you, at times you, you cloud it, 
But then when it hits you, you're like, ah, like I can't even come up with any justification in my mind around this. This truth done got me, got my attention. You know when that happens? You agree to change. You mentally assent. You, 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 you're submitting to change now. But nobody changes just because they agreed. Now what you agree to do, you have to put in habitual practice until it, 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 it floods your mind, right? And it spills over into your subconscious. Now, now, you know, we had a psychology class. I could show you how actually that's how your mind works. You know, when I first taught this, I actually researched, studied this stuff out. Remembered a few things from psychology class because I couldn't stand psychology. But, but my point is, because you have this front lobe, you know, the parietal lobe, all this, all this different stuff in your head, and it's all designed to house certain things. So your conscience, when you agree to something, cool. Some of us stop right there. I'm going to change. I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to do this thing. This is January, third week into the, the, the vision, right? Some people already done forgot about what, what, what they're supposed to be doing. I'm not just talking about church vision, the vision in your house. Third week, and some of us are back into our defaults. You know why? Because our default is our subconscious. That's the spirit of our mind. That's what we do without thinking about it. So at first, the adversary just doesn't want you to agree. But when you agree, he goes, okay, all right. Let's check the computer. Uh, yeah, they've kind of agreed quite a bit of times. Uh, they do this all the time. Hey, just monitor them, make sure they don't change their habits. I don't think they're going to do it long enough to bleed into becoming a default. So keep throwing things their way so they can keep going a roller coaster ride. You know, uh, you know had a good week, and the weekend comes, you feel like relaxing. This would be a good time for a drink. The person's not saying, I'm going to drink because I'm going to be obedient against God. No, they relax, so they're back into their default. And before you know it, they're doing the same thing all over again. You know what? I keep getting distracted by doing all these different things, and I get caught up in these different things. I ain't doing that no more. Then they, they focus, they realize, and then somebody offers them an opportunity. So they do it out of reflex. Because they're not playing off of the kingdom. They're playing off of, it, it, it feeds their default. For you know what? Right back into the same thing all over again. Right? And don't realize it's the same thing. So we should be playing off of the kingdom as a default. We should be playing off of the kingdom as a default. And so, so, we're, so during this process, we're going to learn what we should be doing to be aware of the kingdom realm. To be constantly aware of the kingdom realm, right? Constantly aware of the kingdom realm. And so, so we got to change our habits to be attentive. You know, that's why we, you take notes and things like that, to be attentive. So we can be aware of what's going on in the kingdom realm. Now, again, we said, we're talking about kingdom priorities, but it's kind of hard to operate in kingdom priorities if you don't really have an understanding of the kingdom, can't see the kingdom, not aware of the kingdom, can't play off of the kingdom. So let's go to John chapter 3. John chapter 3. And so we were talking about, you know, oh, so, so, so think about it. So now you have in our culture now, you have, um, you have protests, right? Uh, you have uh, uh, 
they're calling it, hopefully you're not conforming to this, because you got the cancel culture, all these different types of cultures, and then they get you to confess it, and then now you cancel in purpose in your life, don't even realize it. But you got all these different things, and so what happens is mass media will have you, well, you don't care about that? Oh, so really? You're supposed to be a Christian. Consider the source. Who's making the statement? A Christian? <laughs> you know, so I determine how you as a Christian are supposed to be, even though I'm not a Christian. And if you don't meet my standard of being a Christian, then you're not really a Christian. Even though I don't know what a Christian is supposed to be. But since you're used to defending yourself, you're going to defend what I'm saying. Now you're going to try to prove that you are like what I think you should need to be as a Christian because you're trying to comply to what I'm saying. So you meet my approval. So now you're going to try not to be as holy, even though you wasn't all that holy anyway. But since I told you wasn't holy, now you're going to try to be like what I say. All right. It's a setup move. And so that's why if you, you heard me say the other week, everything's under the, you must be born again. See, if I'm playing off of the kingdom, it doesn't make it doesn't make a difference if I got caught up and I was a liar. It doesn't make a difference if I got caught up into uh, sex, sexual promiscuity, right? I think I said that right, right? It doesn't mean if I, if, if, if I got up in a uh, pedophilia or whatever the case may be, whatever the case may be, if whatever sexually I like. You know, we did a message called Sexuality's Voice, right? Sexuality doesn't make a difference because I'm not playing off a of sexuality. I'm a king. I'm a child of the king. I'm playing off a of spirituality. So that's why I must be born again. Oh, I feel this way. Okay, good. Let's get you out of your feelings and into the spirit. Because I must be born again, right? All right, because what? I'm now my priorities are kingdom priorities, right? Does, does that make sense? And so, so John chapter 3, uh, we'll start here at verse 2. Well, I'll just start at verse 1 since it's only one verse. Uh, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night, sneaking, right? And said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. Now, he's representing the establishment, right? Right? He's representing the, the echelon or the rulers outside of God's way of doing things, but thinking they are because of religion. He says, he says so we know that thou art a teacher. Why do we know this? So, so basically, everybody was talking something in the light. He snuck in the dark and said, listen, man, these people ain't going to tell you the truth, but we know you are a teacher come from God. I don't care what we, how we talking, because we got a reputation among the people. But I'm going to tell you right now, I, I can't take it. It's just too much. It's, it's that truth. It, hit me, it keeps hitting me right in my chest every time you open your mouth. And as much as I've been trained and believe, they, somebody done done me wrong. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and so he said, he said, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, and this is how I know. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest. Look, 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 this is the key. They're operating in the kingdom. Except God be with them. He said, except, see, we operate in miracles when God is with us, when God's standing right there in our presence. And we're not going to, God is not standing in our, in our presence if we're not operating in kingdom principles. You can't bring your conformity to the world and think God is going to be hanging with you. Can two walk together unless they be agreed? 
right? God is not coming around the pollution of our compromise. Why? Well, you know, I talk to God and I know, you know, I pray to God all the time. He ain't hearing you. John 9, 31, God don't hear the prayer of the sinner. You ain't speaking God's language. But the Bible says we have this confidence we have in him. We pray anything according to his will in harmony with kingdom principles. He hears us and we can have the petitions that we desire of him in 1 John. Right? Right? So, so it's saying, hey, I'm confident if I'm operating in kingdom principles. Not if I'm communicating from a worldly standpoint and expect God to hear me because I think he should. Are you serious? So you God now. I think you should fix this, change this, and come through because I feel you should. How about God saying, I feel you should put yourself in a position where you can change it. How about that? It ain't personal. Choose. I said before you, life and death, blessings and cursings, choose life. All right? All right, so, so you, we keep coming to God, go, it ain't personal. One of the things I learned in corrections is to establish a system where it is never personal. One thing I learned in management was to establish a system where it wasn't personal. So, so you, you had ahead of time, even as we grow as a church, you have ahead of time, you do this, this happens. You do this, this happens. You don't do this, this doesn't happen. Well, I don't understand why this didn't happen. I, I already told you when I was doing the training track, we set up classes, we set up uh, different things that people had to do in ministry. So you had assignments for ministry, but you had the classes that you had to go through. So a person came to me, well, I don't understand why I wasn't up for ordination. I just pulled up my sheet, okay? The color code of all the classes and assignments that you've done. I've told the story before, but it hit here, right? I said, how many colors do you see on the paper? One. That means you've done one assignment. Now, why are you asking me why you weren't ordained? See, it wasn't personal. I didn't have to go. I didn't have to prove myself. Their actions proved it out. And that's the thing is our actions prove it out. But we're going to God. So, God, I don't understand. How come you didn't elevate me? I don't, care. I don't understand how come I'm not in this relationship that I'm looking for. I don't understand. God's pulling up his sheet going, okay, the colors represent your obedience and the things that I asked you to do. How many colors is on here? So, now, why are you asking me why you don't have what you have? Okay, let's be honest. Let's step back. You already know you're not doing what you're supposed to do. Why? why are we tripping? Nobody's perfect. Okay, you keep running that line, but I'm not asking for per perfection. I'm asking for your designed obedience to fulfill your purpose. Can you, can you just do that? I'll take it from there. But when you've done all you can do to stand, stand there for me to take it from there. You ain't even doing all you can do. Okay, all right. That's going over real well. All right, so... So uh, I read two, right? Verse three, it says, Jesus answered. He says, you know, you can't do these things unless God be with him. So see, Jesus realizes this guy's seeing some things and at least he came to me. He might've came at night, you know what I'm saying? So nobody could see him, but he at least came clean. He said, Jesus answered and said unto him, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. How I operate in these miracles. He's going to keep looking at me like, I can't believe you did this. But if he saw the kingdom, he could see that we all can do this if we're born again into the kingdom, playing off of kingdom priorities and kingdom principles, right? Then, uh, then Nicodemus said unto him, because he was thinking worldly, not kingdom-minded, he said, how can a man be born when he is old? 
can he enter in, can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Like you're talking about being born again. See, when God says something, sometimes we go, we go right to our own understanding. Instead of trying to let me go deeper to understand what you're saying. And then we crystallize it based on how we understand. As opposed to, I ain't crystallizing nothing until I fully understand what God is saying. Right? I'm not making no moves until I know that I know that I know. But I'm going to be attentive. I'm going to hearken. Listen with the intent to obey. Verse 5. Right? It says, Jesus answered verily, verily. So when he, when he responded to being born again, which was the, the uh, conclusion of the matter. Right? Jesus said, okay. I, now I'm, he's asking a question based on his understanding, but he's like, okay, I'm, I'm not getting this. You're telling me something that this beyond my realm. You speak in kingdom language. So break it down for me. Jesus breaks it down. Jesus answered, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So the first thing he says, you got to be born again to see. And the second thing he said, listen, you, yes, you were submerged in water, born of earthly birth. So he responded to what he said about earthly birth. He says, yeah, that's how you enter into this realm. But you got to be submerged in the spirit to enter into the kingdom realm. Right? You got to consecrate yourself and go deep in the spirit. But you can't live in the natural and go deep in the spirit. That's why I said you can't bring a compromised life into a covenant world. And then tell yourself, well, you know, because I know these scriptures and I've been around, you know, surely God's going to bless me. Are you submerged in the spirit? You can't enter into the, the, the things in the kingdom that favor the power, the, the doors open. No, that's not happening with you. Uh, oh, we'll get into this. I was about to jump ahead. I'm not going to jump ahead. I'm going to be patient. Right? I so, so, so number one, it can't be seen, right, governed by our own understanding based on our dominant worldview, what we just talked about. So I can't, I can't see the kingdom of God unless I'm born again, right? If I, so I got, I got to change my, my, my way of looking at things. I can't lean to my own understanding of what the scripture says, right? In Proverbs 3, right? It says, trust in the Lord with all our heart, lean not to own, their, your own understanding, and all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Now I'm being led by the kingdom, right? Let's go here to Proverbs 4. Proverbs 4. Let's see if I can do this through the Amplify. Lou, I kept my phone today. So I didn't need an assist, right? Sometimes I'd be going so fast. Sometimes. Pastor Keith operates like Speedy Gonzalez. I don't know if y'all know who that is, but. Hope, did you say yeah? Cool. That means y'all generation know what Speedy Gonzalez is too. They still show Speedy? Sweet. All right, okay. That was my guy. <laughs> All right. Uh, all right, so let's, let's look here. Proverbs 4, we're going to start at verse 1. Because it says, so we just talked about leaning not to your own understanding, right? Proverbs 4, verse 1. Look, look, so it says, look, hear my son, right? Listen, hear, listen, listen, hear. So it starts with what? Hear, hear right? Hear my son, the instruction of a father. Look, look. He didn't stop it here. He said, pay attention in order to gain and to know intelligent discernment, comprehension, 
and interpretation of spiritual matters. You know what that all breaks down? Understanding. That's what understanding is, right? It says, for I give you good doctrine, what is to be received, do not forsake my teaching. When I, Solomon, was a son with my father David, tender and, and the only son in the sight of my mother Bathsheba, he taught me and said to me, let your heart hold fast to my words. Keep my commandments and live. It says, get skillful godly wisdom, look, and get understanding, discernment, comprehension, and interpretation. It says, do not forget, do not forget and do not turn back from the words of my mouth. Right? So he says, you know, uh, uh, I know the King James says, with all thy getting, get understanding. Get discernment, get comprehension, and get interpretation. With all your getting, get understanding. So, so okay, it's telling me to get understanding. The previous chapter says, lean not to my own understanding. So what it's saying is, get a kingdom way of, of, of looking at things. Find out what the kingdom priorities are. Right? You know, verse 5 says it can't be, you can't enter into the kingdom. You can't possess the kingdom carrying the weight and the practices of the sin nature. You can't possess the kingdom carrying the weight and the practices of sin nature. See, this is the key. Once you enter something, it surrounds us. It submerges us. If we're all the way in. So it's saying that I can't enter into the kingdom if I'm carrying the world. Because I'm not going to be all submerged in. I'm not all in. Right? Does that make sense? Because the scripture says, if you abide in me, submerge yourself in me, and my words abide in you, you can ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. But we're not submerging ourselves. Like we've, sometimes we find ourselves casual with the word. How are we casual with the word? Well, I pray. I appreciate your prayer. Well, I serve. I appreciate your service. But you actually have to get the word. The word is the, I, I was studying something out, and they were saying if you send a, if you were an ambassador for, uh, for uh, a kingdom, and they sent you to, you know, let's say sent you to the Bahamas to colonize the Bahamas. We're going to get into the kingdom later. But, you know, that's just, it's just like we were sent to colonize the earth realm for it to be on earth as it is in heaven. So the ambassador was sent to colonize the Bahamas based on the English principles. Well, you can't be like, I believe that's what he said. And now you're going to go and, and, and de- colonize and develop a system of operation, a rule in this, this new place based on, I think that's what they, how we do it. No, no, whatever they give you, you're going to make sure you hang on every word. So you can carry out exactly what needs to be done. How are you representing the kingdom? How are we ambassadors of reconciliation if we don't, we don't even know what to carry out? Where, where you can have a debate or a conversation where the people in the world, they know more about their, their kingdom, their realm, than we do. And then they're saying stuff to us, ah, you got me on that one. How are they getting you? Right? The scripture says that... that, that those that are a contrary part should have no evil thing to say against you, right? Because you always got an answer. Because I know, listen, I know the kingdom. Oh, that, that, no, that don't line up with the kingdom. Somebody can act, tell you to do something. Oh, no, that's, that's like Satan told Eve. 
I was talking to a man of God today, and he was like, he said, think about it. It has to be in him to offer it. He's trying to get it off of him and, and put it on us. He's so full of fear. You know, the one theologian breaks it down as between Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 was a billions of years. So he was sitting down here lonely in darkness and was the top angel. And it, so that's going to build fear. And so now he's full of fear. And, and so, so, so uh, the man of God gave props, Vince. You know, he was saying how he, uh, so now he's trying to get it off of him. onto you. <laughs> he's trying to get it off of him. And onto us. You, you understand what I'm saying? So, so we got to, we got to submerge ourselves or incubate ourselves. Uh, Benicio always talking about my God bubble because a lot of times when I'm coming to church, like, you know, we all flow different, but like I got, I'm locked in. Like I'm not, talk to me and see my flow after church. Now, I got a lot of people coming at me, so sometimes it's like I'm trying to make sure I talk to everybody. So I could be talking to you, this person's trying to get my attention, this person get my attention, this person had a question for me and I said I was going to answer that church. Like James asked me a question, I got that in my head, I got to answer him. You know, when I see him at church, I didn't have to have time to answer him early today. All that's in my head. I'm, I'm operating different. You just operating on, talk to me. I'm operating on a whole lot of other stuff, right? So I'm locked in. So it's a God bubble because the more I give out, the less people are going to get when I come up here. That's why there's armor bearers. They're carrying, taking the weight of things, bearing things that the man of God don't have to do so he can give all he can to you. I know this because I was an armor bearer. If, 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 if we were ministers together and you had to minister, I'd be like, oh, no, 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 let me take care of this. And they'd be like, nah, nah, man, like, come on. Like, you're my leader over this ministry. I said, this ain't got nothing to do with that. You got to share the word. I said, I got you. You ain't going to have to worry about nothing. I'm not going to create burdens for you. So a lot of times, you know, some people don't know how to do it. They actually are in weight. They bring in weight. But all that demand, anytime I have to process through all that extra, that's taken away from people. So, so, so it's not was saying hi to somebody. No, I, I try to remember, but I'm just locked in. I'm trying to hear from God, but I'm not like, so anybody that, that, that are flowing in the kingdom, proper discernment, have understanding, they would discern, oh, he locked in from God. They might pick up something when they come around me. Like, they, they, they might start to have an open vision as soon as they come in my presence because they're locked into God too. They're locked into self. Oh, so he ain't seen me? You see what I'm saying? All right, so anyway, so... so we got to be submerged. We got to be all the way in. See, we can't experience the f- full kingdom power if we're only toe deep. You can't, you, you got you, know, you got, you got to submerge. Like I told you the story when the, the man of God was talking about the anointings from Branson, Missouri. Uh, Keith Moore, he's talking about the anointing. And he's like, listen, when that wave of the anointing is flowing, like, because I was, I was like, man, I can't move. Man. There's people around me, this, that, and He said, when that wave is going, you ain't going to get wet looking at it. You got to jump in. Sometimes when you see the spirit moving, you just got to jump in. First of all, if, you, if waves, we was in a, what do they call it, blow something? What is it when the water was coming up through the rocks? Blow holes? Okay, so, 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 so it was these blow holes in Hawaii, right? We took, we took a couple pictures there. And it was, the water was, was gushing up. But guess what? We didn't get wet. We saw the action, but we didn't get wet. When that water's jumping around, we was out, out by the uh, uh, 
Pacific Ocean. We was out by the ocean, and and uh, and and and, and uh, the the last day we was there, the waves was dancing. And so my wife saw like the ski dudes and boats going out. She's like, "Bang, look at that that boat!" Because it looked like the the water was just gonna knock him back. And some people I said earlier they couldn't take the boats out because the waves was like, "Where you going?" Right? But there's the thing. All that happened out there in the water. Guess what? We ain't feel nothing. You know why? Because we was watching. We ain't feel wet. We ain't feel nothing. We, oh, this, is, this is deep. It looks beautiful, right? For us to experience what they was experiencing, we'd have to get in, right? Same thing. You'd be like, I, I don't feel nothing. Of course you don't feel nothing. You got to get in. You got to jump in, right? Kingdom prince, you got to go in. Just can't be too deep. We have to be submerged in our spiritual incubator, Right? for us to operate in the kingdom principles. Just like, you know, when there's eggs or, or whether it's in vitro or, or, or when babies premature, they keep them under conditions that's favorable for development. You ever see a premature child and they keep them and they keep them in the incubator? Because they're trying to simulate the conditions they need so they can develop properly before they put them out here with the demands of the world. Because they're like, their body's not ready for that. They can't deal with the atmosphere. They can't deal with the... Uh, the uh, Toxins and stuff like that, their immune system hasn't developed yet. So we'll keep them in an incubator with an environment conducive for what they need to develop, right? And this warmth, they haven't been warmth because warmth sustains life, right? They haven't been moisture because moisture marinates and, f- feed and feeds and it allows growth. If they don't keep them in the moisture and the warmth, they'll be so cold and they're so stiff their stuff that's trying to grow to develop will be restricted, right? And so God tries to keep us under the, the, the consuming fire of God, and he tries to keep us in the atmosphere, kingdom atmosphere, so we can develop and we can grow in the kingdom. It's all about sustaining the life of our spirit by maintaining the environment it's used to. Therefore, obtaining or taking possession of the kingdom of God on earth. See, so, so, so I'm trying to get into the kingdom because I need to be in an atmosphere that's conducive to sustaining life. When I get, the whole thing about me, me being treated unfair, being played, betrayed, that is to get me so mad that I allow the world in and I start to feed off of the bitterness, feed off of the, the sorrow, feed off of the lust and it pulls me out of the atmosphere that's conducive for me to not only grow beyond what I'm going through, to overtake it and use it to get somebody else out. You see what I'm saying? So it's, it's a setup. We got to stay in a kingdom atmosphere. That's why you want to, uh, we talk about, we got Bible study fellowships, we got uh, Bible school, we have a Wednesday midweek, we got Sunday, we got uh, girl talk, God talk. You know, we got all these different things going on. Uh, the, you got the, the singles fellowship, joint heirs, marriage fellowship. All these things are, are an atmosphere that's conducive to help you to develop and to grow. So when you cheat yourself from coming into the atmosphere, you're cheating yourself from being a climate for you can grow and, and actually fulfill what God wants you to do. See, when we do, when we, when we're, when we get into this incubator, this enables us to live a life on earth as it is in heaven. Right? Matthew 6.10. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. What? On earth, what? Thy will be done? Thy kingdom principles and priorities be done 
on earth as it is in heaven. We're ambassadors. We're colonizing heaven on earth. As the days of heaven on earth, that's Deuteronomy 11, 20, 21, right? So that's why the Bible says in, uh, in Ecclesiastes 1.10 and Ecclesiastes 3.15, that which has been. It talks about God requires that which has been. That, that's what has been where? In our past? No, in the heaven realm. Right? In the heaven realm. It's, it's uh, Ecclesiastes. Let's go. We'll do 3.15. Uh, it's in 1.10. Ecclesiastes 1.10 also, but. Just for the sake of time, we'll do 315. All right. It's going to make all this stuff that we've been getting line up. Everything connects, right? So Ecclesiastes 315 says this. Now, this is after he says there's a time for every purpose, right, which we'll talk about here on Sunday. Uh, but it's verse 15 it says, that which has been is now, right? He says, that which is to be has already been. And God required that which is past. So what it's saying is, and this is, we were talking about this. Uh, so, so when I said earlier, another message we're going to bring back is the nick of time. And so we're going to spend some time with talking about time because you guys talked about time the other day. And that triggered, Lord said, bring this back so we can talk about the different realms of time. And so we'll discover that, we'll discover the process of time. We'll discover end time. We'll discover a point in time. And what we'll realize is God sits on a circle of earth outside of time. And when you go outside of this realm, uh, you don't operate in time. God is light. And when you operate in, it was a hundred and whatever thousand, some people know what it is. When you operate in the speed of light, time stops. This is, we're, you're no longer subject to time if you can operate in, in the exact harmony with the speed of light. So that means everybody's moving, but you, you're, you're not bound by time. So that's why the Bible says a day is like a thousand years to God. So what happens is within a moment of time, things change. But in that moment, in the, if, you, if you elevate all the way into the, uh, the, the realm where God is, uh, that moment from God's perspective could look like hundreds of years for us. And so we go, I don't understand well, how this took place. How this? No, no, no. For God, it only happened in a moment. So that's why that which has been has already happened. And so when we get into this incubator, now uh, they say this about athletes. When you really master the game, time slows down. Like, like everything goes slower. So you see opportunities that you could take advantage of in the midst of the rush of everybody else. Because you're operating on a different time, in a different time zone. Now, I thought about this when we went to Hawaii. We went through uh, some different time zones. So we go to Phoenix, and we get there, and Phoenix is two hours behind us. Is that right? It was, it's two. It's two. But so, so in other words, if it's 8 o'clock here, it's 6 o'clock there. Right? So we get there. Even though we travel hours, the time said it was just a couple. Then we go to Hawaii, which is, uh, that's a six-hour flight. Well, but they're actually three hours. It's another three hours. So it makes a total of five hours. So, so look, within the same time that we're in, things operate different. Uh, I was thinking about the gangs. I said, but we're on vacation. I'm not going to, you know, watch the playoffs or whatever. Well, we up sitting around talking, and I missed the game. Know why? It came on at 8.15 in the morning. 
And then while we were talking, you know, a uh, uh, person turned on another game because what? That came on 11.15 in the morning. I was like, man, I lived out here. I can get up, work out, see everything, and we still had the rest of the day. <laughs> because it comes on that time all the time out there. All the time, 8.15 is when the sports start. 8.15 in the morning. 11.15 is when the second game comes. Right? So some of y'all be missing church because you're trying to see the second game. Right? Well, what's my point? In the same realm of time, they're operating on something else. And the thing is, if you right now go into a helicopter and you look at where you are, like, you know, if you saw us in traffic, you, can, you, you could see us minutes away. At the same moment, you're seeing us minutes away. If you got higher in a helicopter, you could see us days away. If you got high enough in a plane, you could see us weeks away. It may take a couple weeks to drive to California, got high enough in a plane, you could see two weeks of time in a moment. What do you think God sees? He sees years of time in a moment. You see the difference? And so when he says, I'm acquiring that which has been, he's looking at all our moves and going, hey, kingdom. Get back to plan off of the kingdom. You'll navigate through this earth realm a whole lot better. If we tune in, we see the kingdom of God has been with us all the time. If we really tune in, we're going to see the kingdom of God has been with us all the time. You know, the Bible says in Mark 115, we'll go into this next week. I'm not going to get into it right now, even though I'm tempted to. Uh, it says 115, it says the kingdom of God is at hand. Right? But guess what? He was saying that at that time. The kingdom of God is not just at hand. Now it's here. See, 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 remember John was talking, the kingdom of God, uh, repent, the kingdom of God. Jesus, oh, the kingdom of God is at hand. He was saying, like, y'all don't understand, like, the, the, the opportunity to participate in the kingdom is right next to you. Right? It's not just at hand now. It's here. Because what? Christ did some things, right? Right? We'll get into, you know, he was the door, right? Right? Right. So we'll, we'll get into that. So it's not just within us. It's among us. Um, and we have to see it. You know, the scriptures, we'll get into scripture next week. The kingdom of God is within and what that really means. Because... We, don't, we have this treasure hidden in earthen vessels. We don't need it in. We need it out. And in some intentional ways, we get it out. And so, so, so we're going to, we'll get into uh, further, uh, uh, get into this further, but the goal is to recalibrate. Our, you know, we want this supernatural restoration. You ain't going to get it without having kingdom priorities. It's just not going to happen. All right, so that's all for today. Just to wet our whistle, what we're going to talk about here in, in the upcoming weeks. 